All right, welcome to another edition of 11 Mile Sessions Live. I'm your host, Scott Boatwright. We got all kinds of great things uh, coming up in the next couple of hours. At 7 o'clock, we have the band, the Expedition Quartet, that are going to do a live band performance for us. And coming up in a little bit after I play some videos, I have three people in here that I'm going to interview about um, a show coming up on June 23rd. Um, it's a gay pride show, and it's as most of you know, June is Gay Pride Month, also LBGDQ, question mark, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to talk about uh, all the things coming up, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the show. Right now, we're going to start out with a video by a gentleman that goes under the name Yeti, and he has this brand new video that was uh, created by Neil Patterson, and it's called God Saves His Silliest Battles for His Funniest Clowns. And he's going to be doing a release party at the Roche Bar in Port Huron with the bands Eclectic and High Speed Moving Parts. That's coming up a week from today at 7 p.m., but I figured I'd give you a preview and a video because by the time you see the next one, my next show, that is, it'll be too late to go there. So without further ado, let's start off the show with a video by the gentleman that goes under the name Yeti.
right. That was the band Second Salem, and that was a video called To Paint the Angel. Before that, Archangela, and they had a video called Take It to Your Grave. Both of them are going to be part of a show happening tomorrow night at a new place that I'm not familiar with called the Narthex. It's on Cadillac Boulevard in downtown Detroit. They have a Facebook event page if you want to look it up that way. Anyway, it's a goth pride night, and they're going to be playing with Deadlight Holiday and Vasem, which we might play videos by them later on if we have time. And the host is drag queen Sir Jin. But right now, speaking of goth pride, we have three... People with me right now that we're going to talk about an upcoming show that's happening on the 23rd. I believe that's a Saturday. Is that correct, Jeff? Friday. Okay. Let's make sure we get it right. So um, we have Jeff, Zoe, and Nickel with us right now. And we're going to talk, um, I guess this is the first day of the Pride Month, correct? Yeah, it started out as just one day. I think it was at the 29th, I think, or something like that. Oh, well, I'm just going by what I read earlier, but it started with a riot, an actual real riot, not a fun riot that happened in 1969 where people, you know, people always talk about race riots. They always talk about, you know, black versus white and all that, but most people don't talk very often unless it is actually June about what happened in 1969. That's where people finally were fed up and had enough and they wanted to um, defend their rights. The fact that, you know, whatever their gender preference is or whatever their sexual um, identity is and et cetera, et cetera, that's, you know, their business. They have the right to do that. In fact, uh, I actually have a master's in clinical health psychology, and I don't know if you gentlemen are familiar with. Um, it's called the dsm four. And it's about um, diagnosing different mental illnesses. And up until 1974, homosexuality was considered a mental illness. People actually thought that. So, yeah, if you guys could, like, closer to the mic like I'm doing, if you want to speak, make sure we can hear you loud and clear. (laughs) All right, so why don't we start out with uh, Nickel? uh, You go under the... um, name of scum queens that's your musical endeavor yeah yeah i mean i guess it's, it's a one-man band uh it started out as a, a trio as a punk band mm-hmm. and uh went down to like a, a solo like rap project and then i kind of merged into my deals and keep the name and kind of have that band feel so like in recording i have like guitar drums bass mm-hmm. uh, Still, um, you know, still a little bit. Kind of a weird project, but yeah, it's still just me. Okay. But it sounds like a band. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a little confusing. Okay. Yeah. And what is it? Oh, yeah. That's one way to describe it. <laughs> All right. So when you um, do your uh, performances, your live performances, um, do you incorporate it, the the whole thing about the gay or queer? Oh, or... Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Definitely from my perspective, I don't shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes people love it, sometimes they don't. I mean, it's like an okay response. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, should I, I have a song about t shirt? I'm not going to shy away from And I think, you know, everybody is like, narrative is important. And, mm-hmm. Like, growing up, I didn't really have like, any gay 
anybody Role in models. the scene that doesn't look up to, but he's like a So um, where were you finally able to like find some kind of like you know influence or like wow you know that person's doing that I, I want to do something like that. Um, actually, when I heard more about that, At the end of the day, it's still music. Yeah, it's yeah. still good music. I mean. It's cool to see that other people can listen to that narrative and enjoy mm-hmm. that narrative, and and not be strictly from a straight perspective. You might need to go by Orville Punk from now on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get a face mask. I look better with one on. Yeah, I knew I'd heard that name before, but you said he sold out the Royal of Music League. That's awesome. Yeah, he's huge. Do you yeah, know? Great. Do you know his real name? No. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's in like, well, he was a new sensei, which is like a. Okay. Oh, if I get uh, the, their attention to the, uh, the other room there, I think we um, would like to play uh, your video that, that uh, Jeff sent me. Um, this is Scum Queens, and you want to introduce the song? Yeah, this one's called uh, No Ball and Chain. No Ball and Chain. Uh, again, from my perspective, so, you know, I have the same issues as any other dude. And I hang with Ball and Chain. Awesome. Alright, let's do it. Trying to load it up. So That's alright. If you could just give us a second there. That's the thing about modern technology. We um we wanted scum queens.
everyone, y'all. had to be a lot of fun to do that video absolutely (laughs) how long did it take to get some of those um scenes done especially the ones where you're really truly chained up there um like three or four hours yeah 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 Yeah, one one day for uh, a lot of the shots and then um and then like a lot of short shots we did like another day so Mm -hmm. yeah probably probably like four or five hours altogether probably too much time (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the time you got done, it wasn't fun anymore, right? Or worth it, really. <laughs> I think it was worth it. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Not. It's worth <laughs> when you do any kind of art, mm-hmm. even if one p- person sees it and they're like, holy shit, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people forget that sometimes. As long as somebody gets something out of it, then it, it was worth it. Yeah. Definitely. Even if it's yourself. That too. To be honest. Yeah, was, they always do that um, quote from Andy Warhol. He said, you know, make art. Then when you're done, make more art. 
just keep going. No matter whether anybody likes it or not, just keep doing it. You know, because that's what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, you're still doing it for yourself. You know, it, it's icing. It's icing on the cake when a bunch of other people say, "Wow, this is great." You know, yeah, unless you're just doing it for the money. Well, you know, some. Well, then you I mean, go money's on, good. Clearly. Then you go on American <laughs> Idol, and then you, you know you audition to be you know the number, you know the winner of the show. You know? But that's what all you're caring about is money. <laughs> and then you don't get money anyway, because after the show is over with, everybody forgets about you, right? But I imagine anybody that saw you doing that live would probably not forget about you. Yeah, probably haunt their nightmares. <laughs> Good or bad, but they would still remember you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, we um, go over to Zoe now. Now, this show that's coming up on June 23rd, you're going to be the host, is that correct? Correct, host and MC. Okay. How long have you been uh, doing the, the drag queen thing? Uh, let's see, at least let's see, nine years in October. Mm-hmm. How did you get started with that? Uh, lost a bet. Lost a bet? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And the rest is history, huh? Yep. My my friend uh, bet that I would look worse in drag, and he was he was right. And <laughs> But he chickened out to get on stage. I got on stage, and... You did it. The rest huh? is history, yeah. Well, you know, everybody thinks drag queens need to be, like, super beautiful or anything. Right. I'm living proof that that's not true. <laughs> well, I, I just think of Divine, you know. I mean, Divine was not beautiful by any means. But Divine made a, an awesome career out of that. You know. Had lovely makeup, though. Loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Eyebrows were awesome. Yeah. Was it hard getting started doing that at the, the beginning? Yes, uh, especially in Michigan. Uh, drag is definitely gatekept. Um, like a lot of performance art in, in Michigan and in the Midwest in general, it's really competitive, uh, very gatekept, and uh, not a lot of people really uh, want newer performers to get a shot. So, Oh, yeah. so it was more like a, a competition kind of thing that mm-hmm. kept you... Um, outside for a while not that audiences didn't want it or enjoy it then no not at all it was it was definitely the the scene itself but that's kind of where why i am where i'm at i created my own shows to have a platform so that you know if, if i don't have a seat at your table i'll make my own table and i'll invite other people so that they have a place to sit so okay. and things have changed a lot in the last few years of course and um but it's funny how it go, it comes and goes. Like for a while, everybody's accepting of it. Then all of a sudden, you hear about everybody's up in arms about it. Like uh, I know they're talking about um, drag queens that were like reading to children, mm-hmm. and that made such a big deal. Everybody was so upset about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a um, the the war on drag is kind of a war on trans bodies and trying to make trans people go back in the into the dark where uh, we don't belong at all so mm-hmm. and people are very um, well I don't want to say ignorant but not knowledgeable about those things I mean in a lot of cases you know drag doesn't necessarily mean even gay necessarily there mm-hmm. are some people that do drag that they just well it's like Monty Python they just like dressing up as women you know mm-hmm. they enjoyed it and then the other thing is is the fact that they're underneath all that makeup and dress, they're, they're just human beings like the rest of us, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, well, a Mac now, you, just in time for Pride Month, you have all these companies that are, you know, being boycotted by Giant the right wings right? because yeah, of that's, that's their the acceptance Max and their support of it, whether it's, 
Bud Light or Target, I've heard now, is, mm-hmm. being, um, is in trouble because of that. Coles, I guess they said, same thing. And it was all about this, like, uh, swimwear they were selling, where it was it was like a tuck-in kind of thing. That's hard. Yeah, there's always a, like, every five, ten years, there's always on and off again, like, garbage about who did this and selling this. Mm-hmm. And it's always, like, right-wing conservative people not get too political but they just a lot of people don't understand about it but like what zoe was saying yeah it's like a lot of people are highly against like the whole trans community now mm-hmm. and because it is getting more of a platform right. um uh, very small bits even mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of people are just they're just ignorant completely about it mm-hmm. um and definitely people that are just hateful obviously they fear and hate to together it's not good but that's why like people like us uh especially like doing diy stuff like building up your own shows it's mm-hmm. a good thing to actually put yourself out there not just during pride month like all year round yeah mm-hmm. and that's why like we you know we as younger gay generations as trans and bisexual even and everything mm-hmm. you need to build up your own communities by yourself even because there's always going to be some or somebody else out there to join you at some some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be absurd if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I just Definitely. I had just found that you know I've been around longer than you gentlemen, you, you folks. Sorry, you folks. Um, and you know when I was young, people weren't as separated as they are today. Mm-hmm. Like Democrats, Republicans. Oh, sure, they would like you know have a beer together and at the bar and they would argue over certain things about different viewpoints but you could they could still get along you know uh i knew relatives of mine where that uncle was democratic that uncle was a republican but they could still get along and they could still find some common ground but with social media now it just gets everybody to hate and it's not just gay pride it's everything you know it's it's all it's all about us and them you know Whoever disagrees with your viewpoint is evil, or there's something wrong with them, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure that doesn't make things for people in your community any easier as well. Yeah, when the viewpoint is um, this group of people doesn't deserve rights, I think that's what really light ignites the the fire between an us and them type mentality. Because uh, an opposing viewpoint is one thing, but for you know a lot of queer and trans people, we have relatives that just don't think we deserve rights, and that's not. It's not like a difference in opinion to to us, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that it's really a difference in opinion to a lot of people in our community. So I think that's that's kind of where we draw the line. And I think that's why a lot of queer and trans people, we build community so quickly and so with such strength and such fierceness. Mm-hmm. And we protect it with such fierceness mm-hmm. because we don't come from that community. Our families often eject us or reject us. Mm-hmm. And so we build this community. We connect with each other. We're creative. We're putting out our Art, we're putting out music, we're putting out performance, mm-hmm. we're bringing everybody together and showing everybody that we can build it better than they they could have ever imagined. Yeah, meaning, meanwhile, the people outside of your community, they, they can't get along for right. 15, 20 other reasons. Crabs in a bucket, for sure. <laughs> it's like, I don't like the way you dress. I hate you. I don't like your political views. I hate you. I don't mm-hmm. like, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. But uh, that's great. That's 
that's how a community survives and thrives is you stick together you you know you build something kind of like that um united we stand divided we fall thing mm-hmm. you know? so. all right uh let's talk with jeff now <laughs> yeah i want to make sure you were still paying attention oh i am i was just looking at a date of something ah okay my bad so we were talking before we started the interview, and then you had mentioned like a, a form of music that you're part of, and you call it queer core. Tell us a little bit about that. Describe um, it for the uninitiated. Yeah, well, I mean, my music is a little, just like his is, uh, it's in our own little way of like doing things. Because um, mm. I actually grew up, you know, like more in early 90s when it was a lot of like underground hardcore bands. Mm-hmm. But I also grew up listening to all the ghetto tech and house music of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like a slew of like tons of different types of like backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, mainly from all my older siblings and whatnot. I was introduced to a lot of different musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over the years, you know, when you fully adjust to yourself in your preteen years, I guess, to find your own. That's why I started looking. I'm like, I'm like, why is there no queer bands? But then I came across, like, just like in the hardcore scene, there's a lot of underground queer, like, what, what would later be called the queer core. Mm-hmm. That was more, you know, later on with, like, bands like Limp Wrist, like Carlos, he was at lead singer of Los Crudos from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Limp Wrist is, like, one of the most hardcore bands of all time, still is. Mm-hmm. And they'll beat your ass, and they're all a bunch of fags. So, <laughs> and hard yeah. to my friend mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> but um yeah it's just like tons of bands like tribe eight there were like a bunch of lesbians that mm-hmm. would slap people with dildos and this was like in the late 80s early 90s you know uh, like where it was yeah. it was not acceptable even then even though everybody was trying to be like politically correct mm-hmm. but my my music taste is to take what i grew up with detroit uh you know it's it's not necessarily just my like hometown from, from around it and all that stuff. It's like to bring what I consider like what I would like to listen to, just like how he was saying, uh, Nick was saying, uh, like I want to hear ghetto tech. Like if you listen to any DJ Assault song, you know they're horrible. <laughs> they're horrible, repetitive songs, and they're just so like ton in cheek. You're like, holy shit, how is this song? Like bad, bad stuff dripping in your eyes, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to say that word, though, I feel so <laughs> bashful about that word, but uh, anyways, not in your eye, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, like, songs like that, it, they're just meant to be fun, you know, to have at, like, house parties or mm-hmm. in the club or whatever, but like me, I grew up in the punk scene, so like, I'm bringing that in a queer court way, mm-hmm. you know, with lyrics like that, um, such as my song Wet, that will be hopefully taking a gander at in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Very, very dirty, dirty song. It's about anal stuff. <laughs> that's okay. Because that's is, is what, mm-hmm. in the queer scene, a lot of people mess with butts. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Just keep it clean. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we... Me and even some of my friends that have been in the punk scene for a long time, or even the metal scene, hip-hop scene too, like, there hasn't been that much play like that, like, in Detroit scene, for some odd reason, mm-hmm. even though, like, I've been in it for 22 years now, but slowly but surely, the younger generation, like, you know, I, I this is our second annual uh, Pride Festival, or Festival, Pride show that we're putting together, mm-hmm. and 
I, it's not necessarily that I want just LGBTQ plus bands play with us. It could be allies or just friends or whatever. But like, as long as you support that scene, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. But we want definitely I want to have people that are you know they don't have that platform like the younger generation now. There's a lot more trans bands coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, but then they're all awesome. They like they're hardcore people. They'll beat your ass if you start shit with them at the shows. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. We don't like violence, but I mean, speak for it's unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, we don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like at shows, like usually back in the day, like in those kind of scenes, like especially underground. I mean, like shit. Like um, what's his name from Bad Brains, the lead singer? Oh, HR. Yeah, HR. Like he infamously trashed. Uh, Biscuit from the Big Boys. They were a Texas queer band, mm-hmm. and he was trashed him. You know, back you know back in the early '80s when a lot of people didn't like anything different. And you know, he eventually apologized about it. But like back then, like they just like took it and they were like, "Oh, just talking trash." Yeah. But like if you do that now, people probably punch you in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a lot different, uh, especially with the younger generations coming out and like they're just coming full force. And that's why we, you know, we we need to see that more normalized, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, but that's definitely why I, I want to keep this Pride show annually. Like I want to do it every year mm-hmm. and build up onto it. Eventually, in ten years plus, I would like to actually create a festival, but still do it like, you know, do it yourself, total DIY. And that's what like the queer core scene is all about. Mm-hmm. Sorry to backtrack back around. No, <laughs> you made it work. We got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just real quick though, I was uh, looking at something today. Uh, a Facebook friend posted, and he's the gentleman that goes back to the punk days here in the Detroit area, going back to the late '70s. Uh-huh. And he said that you know back then punks weren't accepted very much at all. Oh, I I think that yeah, anywhere that I've heard from like older generations yeah. that I've met. But he said he said back when he used to tour in the Midwest, it was actually the gay community that embraced the punk bands yeah. the most out of any crowd or any group of people. That they that was the one most likely to say, hey, this is cool. Yeah. Do you know? Do you actually know the origins of like fanzines? No. Those are actually from like like queer scenes, like from especially in like uh, parts of Canada. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a group of like artists. They were just like weird artists who mm-hmm. happened to be in the queer scene. Mm-hmm. Not all of them were queer, but most Portland, of Oregon, too. Yeah, yeah, but okay. There there was them, and then one started like outside of L.A. at one mm-hmm. time, San Francisco area too. But mm-hmm. uh, Chicago was another one. But like. They just like randomly started making things like that to sell porn, <laughs> but it wasn't like it wasn't regular porn. It was like art porn. Yeah. And they were obviously back then, even in Canada, I think it was illegal, not just to do that stuff, but like just to even say you're gay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it was it was highly frowned upon. Yeah. Um, and then it slowly but surely became into the whole punk scene because the punks, not all of them, but a lot of them did accept them and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how fanzines kind of came around. I never knew that until just like seven years ago. I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. No, it is. Like, yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see. If they're ready, why don't we uh, play that video that we uh, started to play a little bit ago. (laughs) This is going to be Sudden Death Syndrome, and this is a video called Wet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm gonna give everybody their due. <laughs> All right, so that's sudden death syndrome with the video wet. All right, well, we're just about running out of time. I'm kind of bummed, but I have to move over to the next studio at 7 o'clock. We have a live band gearing up right now to do a live performance for us, the Expedition Quartet. But before we go, um, folks, let's uh, talk about the actual show coming up on June 23rd. Yep, yep, yep. It's, uh, it's going to be at Grizzlies in Wainta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty cool little place. They have a bunch of, like, pool and whatnot. And they actually do drag queen bingo there quite often. Okay. Um, we used to play shows there quite a lot uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rick, who's the owner of it, he's always awesome to, like, throw stuff. And he's a huge ghetto tech DJ. Okay. So he loves it. He loves pretty much all music. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we... Definitely, we're gonna have fun there. It's gonna be at eight, p- yeah, eight p.m. on June twenty-third, a Friday. Okay. And Zoe is gonna start the night away. Absolutely, <laughs> it's gonna be a night to remember. You're gonna run that shit. <laughs> Always do. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so it's going to be your act, of course, Sudden Death Syndrome, Scum Queens is playing. And then you have, like, at least, what, three others? Uh, I know Carmel's playing there. Yeah, Carmel's playing. Um, I don't know yet if she's, did she say if she's playing with a full band? I'm not sure. We'll find out. Okay. (laughs) Stay tuned for more details. um, (laughs) The other bands is Pet Me. They're pretty awesome, like, riot girl punk band. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jonathan Livingston, Seagull. They're uh-huh. pretty cool, like Screamo uh, oh, beyond. Okay. I, I've seen them live a couple times. It sounds so mellow, that name. You know? I know. That's <laughs> what, when I was like, I was like, wait, is that like an acoustic act playing? But sounds then they're like, like a Screamo band. They're awesome. Oh, wow. Their bassist was really good. I think the, I think they're a new bassist for the okay. band. But they're, um, they have, they're recording, an, I believe, an album right now. Mm-hmm. And then Pet Me, they're doing an EP coming soon. Okay. I have a new single coming out, possibly a music video in the works. Cross the fingers. Okay. Is Seahag we'll still playing? Him. It would be more funny. What? Seahag? Is Seahag playing? Oh, no, sadly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Redacted. The, Redacted. Ba- <laughs> I was the bassist to had to get shoulder surgery. Oh, damn. Good excuse. Like, so good excuse. But the we other bands are up. still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have fun. It sounds like a good time. Okay. All right. So uh, real quick, we'll go uh, down the line, starting with you, Jeff. Like any um, links you want to mention to the listeners, viewers, like where to get, uh, check out your videos, your music, Oh, yeah. Uh, You can, most of all my videos are on Facebook and YouTube, you know, the usual uh, I don't have Bandcamp for some reason. Mm, you gotta do that. I don't know why. I know people keep telling me to do that. You actually go home with most of your money <laughs> with them. You yeah. know, I mean, you might not get as many listeners, but when you actually sell a record, you get about ninety yeah. yeah, percent. That's of why people and I'm like, I'm like, oh. yeah. I, I've sold a lot of physical copies actually at shows, which mm. is kind of astonishing since. It's Most people back. don't even know what the hell those are. <laughs> like the younger dude. <laughs> Not anymore. It's, back. it's like, what is this? Stuff. Oh, you play music with it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, people are starting to like collect CDs now, and I'm like, I'm like, am I that old? Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, you, you, all the new vehicles don't come with a CD player. All the new laptops and computers don't have the port. You, how do you play physical music anymore? 
And there are ways to get it. <laughs> they, they said uh, more than 50% of the people that own some vinyl don't even have a turntable to play it on. They just collect it just yeah. because it's cool. Turntables are very expensive now. Oh, they are. And then... Uh, the, e- not not too expensive to collect records and uh, not well, yeah, fucking yeah. play them. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying in general. Isn't that Absolutely sad? not. Isn't that sad? No, no. Yeah. There's no way you can afford because records are expensive. There's no way you can afford. Wow, that's ridiculous. Sorry, I'll just shut up. Well, not only is the table expensive, but the the needles. That's where the money really oh, yeah. is. You can spend for just a so-so needle is like three, four hundred dollars now. Oh, good lord. You yeah. can share. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so they would just look you up under sudden death syndrome. Oh uh, yeah, most uh, most of my handles like in, on Instagram is like sudden death syndrome D E T for mm-hmm. Detroit. Okay, um, it's very hard if you don't if you just put sudden death syndrome, it just shows a bunch of medical stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my really god, <laughs> I had a lady ask me a long time ago. She's like, "Do you like kill babies on stage, like war?" I was like, "Yes." I just—I was totally messing out. with her. I was like, "Yes, just watch the show." Oh. I think she was disappointed. <laughs> All right, and then Zoe, you said uh, earlier when we were watching the video, you have an Instagram. That's where people can check you out. Absolutely, I have a Instagram for my production company, which is the H O H Show. So T H E H O H Show on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow. We do shows all over the Metro Detroit area and uh, soon to be elsewhere. So give us a follow. We do all sorts of shows and you will not be disappointed. Awesome. And finally, you, Nickel, Scum Queens. Yeah, uh, scumqueens.com. That's where everything's at. I know. It's, how was that not taken already? <laughs> um, but it's out there. And yeah, you have a every, safer bet with that one. Yeah, I don't know how nobody had that yet. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much everything links from there. So. Easy fun. All right. Well, I want to thank all three of you for coming down and chat with us. That's Definitely. great. Looking forward to the show, Friday, June yeah. 23rd. Thanks for having That's us. where it's all happening. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thank yeah. you. All right. Right now, we're going to keep things going. This is going to be Deadlight Holiday with Daybreak. It looks like we're going to finish off with um, Vasem with Razor Smile, their latest video. And that'll lead us up to 7 o'clock. And I'll see you in the other room. And we're going to check out the Expedition Quartet. All right. Hopefully that went well for all of you. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, man.
11 Miles Sessions Live. It is just a little bit after 7 o'clock, and you know what that means. It's time for a live band performance. In the studio, I have these four gentlemen with me, collectively known as the Expedition Quartet. How you doing, gentlemen? Can you hear me? Right, good. Very good. Can hear you, Scott. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear, and I'm, I'm half deaf, so that, that works. <laughs> All that live music over there. How many decades? Well, you guys know about that, don't you? 
Anyway, um, we're going to start out with what? Uh, we're going to start out with the classic uh, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Ah, okay. All about the ecology and all that mm -hmm. other stuff. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Expedition Quartet. Song is still relevant today, as a matter of fact. Here we go. Thank you. 
Expedition Quartet with that old Motown song, What's Going On? All right. So why don't we um, go around the room, um, introduce yourselves. Sir, on the bass. Turner on the bass. Turner on the bass. And Ralph, Ralph Koziarski. All righty. And All Things Wind, is that the best way to describe you? Yeah, saxophones and flutes today, percussion. A little bit of percussion. Okay. Chip Kipps on guitar and vocals. All righty. I'm Quito on drums. What's that? Quito. Quito? K-I-T-O. Quito. Quito. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard it right. All right. Like I said, a lot of rock concerts when I was growing up, <laughs> so hear hearing's just barely there, but as long as I can still hear music, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> so how long have you guys been doing this, Expedition Quartet, Ralph? I actually started Expedition in the fall of 81. Okay. So it's 41 and a half years. <laughs> okay. So, and uh, Chip's been with me about 37. At least, yeah. 37. Yeah. Okay. Keto's been with us about 35. Okay. I've known Don for 19, 20 years, but he's been with the band about five. Okay. With this band. We played in another band previously. Okay. So who was on bass before that? Uh, Max Coster okay. was, and uh, Gardell Floyd before that, and Greg Cook. and. So you go through bass players, huh? <laughs> the revolving door of He's bass. rough on bass players. Ah, okay. I bet you have some stories then, don't you? <laughs> not that I'm going to tell. <laughs> At least not on the air anyway. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what made you decide to form the band? You know, what was it that you were looking it, it to was, do? Actually, it is an interesting little story. I was playing that summer of '81 at the old Detroit at Bobian and Fort as mm -hmm. a duo with Robert Grossman. He was directing the plays at the Attic Theater, which was on Lafayette right there then. Uh -huh. 
and he was a guitarist and a singer, and he had directed the plays. And so we had a built-in audience. After the theater, all the actors and people came over to the old Detroit. Mm -hmm. We had a great summer there. And the fall came, and the owner, George Savald at the time, may he rest in peace, he uh, said, Ralph, I want to start doing bands on the weekends. Why don't you put a band together? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, okay. And I thought about what kind of band do I want to do? Well, I want to be versatile, be able to do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And I came up with the name Expedition because we can take trips to different realms of musicality. Okay. You know, right. do little jazz. Like tomorrow we're playing a country club. So we're going to be doing it pretty mellow, you know, mm -hmm. laid back. We're on the outside patio of the Village Club. This will be our ninth summer there. Oh, okay. And, um, and then, but then we do more uh, rock places. We played a place in uh, Kigo, uh, Waterford recently where we did more of a rhythm and blues kind of a mm -hmm. set, you know, things like uh, uh, Take Me to the River and knock on, uh, knock on Wood and stuff like that. Okay. So at the very beginning there, you kind of became the house band for, for a moment there to kind of get things started for that gentleman? Yeah, yeah. And then he was rotating once a month. And then I connected in that, what was the Bricktown, Corktown area, mm -hmm. and uh, Greektown area. And we were playing down the street at Galligan's, and we did that for about seven or so summers. We would play about once a month. Mm -hmm. And then Trapper's Alley became our real regular place. They had an outside patio on the second floor of Trapper's Alley, mm -hmm. right on Monroe Street, right uh -huh. on Greektown Block. Yeah. And we'd do Friday nights five hours, Saturday nights five hours, yeah. and Sunday afternoon four hours. It's a full-time job. It was, uh, and plus our, full, our other jobs, yeah, so it was really... And um, so we were real regular there for a number of years, and we were almost every other week there. And then in the winter, they mm -hmm. had a bar up on the fifth floor of mm -hmm. Trapper's Alley. They called the Broadway Bar, and we played up there a lot, too. Okay. Now, I know we uh, spoke about, you know, going back and forth, Facebook messaging, that kind of thing, that you uh, folks have some originals as well. And have you ever, like, put it to an actual recording, some of these songs? Or? Yeah, we have some of them recorded. You know, they're not, uh, they're, um, they're actually not available to purchase, except some of my solo stuff mm -hmm. that I do, because I've done another CD called uh, In Search of an Oasis. Uh -huh. It goes along with my massage business that I've been doing for over 40 years, 41 okay. years now, too. Oh, okay. Um, but I have recordings, and it's something we want to take this recording today and take excerpts from it and put it on a YouTube channel. Okay. That was why we were really happy to, that you invited us to do this. Okay, my pleasure. Yeah. And our next tune is going to be an original. We're kind of alternating today, doing a cover song, then an original, then a cover song, then an original. Okay. So this next one um, is an original. Tell us a little bit about it. It's entitled, It Happens. It, I-T. The SH is dropped off. Okay. So and uh, and on it, I play two soprano recorders with the melody. Mm -hmm. So it gets kind of a little bit of a South American fluty kind of a sound to it, mm -hmm. and you'll hear it kind of in the drumming too a little bit. And uh, we're doing another song later on, Equator, that also I use the two recorders. Okay. All right. Why don't we do it? So this one's called It Happens.
All right. Nice finish there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So that's an original. How long ago did you uh, gentlemen put that one together? That song? Yeah. Hmm. Good question. It's over 20 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all, actually, I could tell you, <laughs> uh, in uh, 96, I wrote that song. 96. I titled it because I had come up, I actually had a hernia operation. Right, so I couldn't play my horn because uh -huh. I couldn't blow. So I'm fooling around with the recorders, mm -hmm. and I came up with this melody. And then people were asking me, "Well, how'd you get a hernia?" And I goes, "Well, it happens." <laughs> and that's that's where the title came from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, you can get it any, from anything. I, my youngest daughter actually got a hernia when she was like five years old. So, I mean, how, how does a five-year-old girl get a hernia? In fact, we still, to this day, don't know how she got it. She was her. trying to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would have got more than a hernia then. <laughs> All right, great. Why don't we keep it going? What do we have now? We got a John Hyatt song. John Hyatt song I'd like to sing. Yeah, yeah mm. Chip does a beautiful job on this. All right, and what is this called? This is called Have a Little Faith in Me by John Hyatt. He wrote it on a piano, but we're going to do a guitar version of it. Guitar, no. sax, bass, and drum version. Cool. Cannot fall down so easily 
So, um, do you uh, gentlemen have any uh, shows coming up? Any regular gigs that you want to talk about? Well, tomorrow we're playing the, the country club, and that's, that's a private country club. Okay. And um, You can crash it if you'd like. <laughs> Woodward and Long Lake. You can sneak me in? <laughs> I'm going to sneak you in, Scott. I'm kind of short, so... You know. <laughs> Might not be that hard. We'll make you carry a drumstick, and you'll be you'll be a roadie. Bring a camera and, a, and, and dress up, though. Dress up a little. Yeah, no jeans. <laughs> it's my um, no jeans. That's gonna no be hard. Gig. It's gonna be hard to find that for me. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, we were hoping to do. Uh, I was hoping to do the eleventh. I had the. I got a date from the uh, Cast Caf. Uh, the, Old Miami mm -hmm. on cast to do uh, to do a date, and uh, but uh, Don's going to be out of town and Chip's got another gig, so I'm going to end up doing the 11th in the backyard of the Miami with uh, Howard Glazier. Going to be Howard Glazier, the guitar player, blues guitar player. Yeah, he's friends. good, real good. Yeah, yeah. We definitely. did it there in uh, May, May 6th. We opened up their backyard and we did it last summer, also. So we're doing it again on the 11th from 5 to 8 in the backyard. Okay, so it's just you two, the duo? No, it's a five-piece. Oh, okay. So how is it billed under then? Is it Howard Glazer or? Howard Glazer and Friends. That's oh, okay. Just call it. Mm -hmm. And at tape, we're going to be celebrating my birthday, actually. My birthday is next week. So. Oh, happy early birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Cool. Yeah. I won't ask you how old you are. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm, I'm kind of proud to say I'm going to be 73. Wow. Yeah, look at this guy, 73, man. Boy, you, you haven't lived your life like a musician, have you? <laughs> I, re I recovered from some of those earlier years. Yeah. Very, very nicely, I might add. And 73, wow. Yeah. Now, this I, guy's doing all right. Yeah. I, I always said, you know, if the drugs and booze don't kill you, music can keep you alive for a very long time. Yeah. 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 It helps. My other job is I'm a massage therapist, so it's mm -hmm. had me health thinking for 40, 41 years now. So. And you kind of know how to relieve stress if you get it as yeah, well, that's right? Yeah, and you know, all that. And, and try and eat properly and get some exercise. They say that's what uh, makes us, um, kills us fast here in America is all the stress. We yeah. put so much stress on stress, ourselves. right. You know, you go to other, these other countries, um, you go to France, and you get these people to do whatever they want. They smoke their cigarettes, they drink their champagne. What was the uh, actress Olivia de Havilland? That's what she was doing in the latter part of her life. She still had champagne every day. She still smoked. She made it to 103. Yeah, because no stress. That stress level is non-existent. Yeah, and then in Japan, they had the highest rate of uh, amount of smokers for the population in the world, and yet they have one of the highest life expectancies in the world. So we're doing something wrong here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you are definitely doing something right. God, I got to I got to talk to you about your secrets after the show. <laughs> I didn't look I didn't look your age when I was 43. Anyway. <laughs> All right. What do we have now? Next we're going to do another original. This one's entitled Razul's New Bar. Ah. You want to ask the story about that title? Real quick, yeah. yeah. Real quick. Yeah. I came up with the groove, the bass line and the groove, and I started it out on the baritone sax. I was wanted to write a song for the baritone sax. So mm -hmm. I came up with this funky kind of a, a bass line groove on baritone. It didn't have a title yet. So I wrote it down for rehearsal, though, mm -hmm. as new baritone, but I shortened it just new bar. 
So mm -hmm. I, it was just a note for myself that we wanted to go over that. So New Bar, I go, oh, that could be part of a good title, New mm -hmm. Bar. And then I said, but it needs to be something else, somebody's New Bar. And Razul was a character I played in a, a, a performance art show that we did mm -hmm. in, the, in the 70s. Uh, and uh, Razul was like a Pablo S. character from the Steppenwolf book. By okay. Herman Hess. Herman Hess, yeah. Herman oh. Hess. Wow. <laughs> that's a little bit obscure, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would have not known that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, Razul's Nubar. Here we go. Let's do it. Ready? One. Two. One.
Yowza. Razul's. <laughs> you know, I actually think that song should be called Razul's Jam. <laughs> mm. You guys look like you were having a lot of fun doing that one. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun music to play. We're, we're blessed to play this music. Definitely. For sure. So good, much fun. Good instrumental. Yeah, definitely. All right. I, I'm looking at the time. I think we should keep going. We should yeah. want to squeeze in more songs. Let's do it. Sounds good to us. Yeah. What, yeah. Do you, what do you have next for us, Ralph? Yeah, we've got a Neville Brothers song. Neville Brothers. We have Chips sing uh, Yellow Moon. Yeah. yeah, let's try that. Yeah, great drumming on this one. Keto kicks the butt on this one. Keto Pardo on the drums. Keto. All right. Yeah. I think I start this one off.
All One right. of my faves by the Neville Brothers. Neville Brothers, yeah. yeah. Produced by Daniel Lenoir back in uh, 89, I do believe. Holy smoke. That was a few years ago. Just a couple. <laughs> Standing the test of time, Yellow Moon. <laughs> uh, most music made, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't care whether you like it or don't like the music that's coming out today, but you can guarantee that no one will really care or even remember most of the music that came out today, you know, 50 or 60 years yeah, from now. Yeah, Scott, it, it is, it, it is um, there's, there's more, there's a wider variety of music today, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> will it stand the test of time? There seems to be a couple of formats, you know, that the pop music has a certain format that they follow. Country has a, has a format, and that's for the popular music, but... I mean, I like music that, that digs a little deeper, and it's, it won't be as popular, but it certainly mm -hmm. is revealing, and it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to listen to, and it's got integrity. Those tracks might last a little longer, but um, they're, not, they're not in for the cash-in, you know? They're in it to because no, to, no. to, they have to. They, have to they, they got music inside, and it's got to come out, you know? And most of the bands, you know, from when we were young, they weren't in it for the money necessarily either. Not really. You know, I, they were they were in it because they wanted to play music. And yeah. Record companies actually, you know, they they you know said, okay, we can we can do this first record and it won't sell as well, but we'll nurse you and mm -hmm. and you know let you come out with new records and and. Uh, Boy, record companies today, if there is any, they, they want to hit right away. They want to guaranteed. Yeah. They don't want to put money into a band. What they used to do is... No. Yeah. They, they want to know that they've sold the records before you even start recording. Yeah, right. You know, right. We want to guarantee that we're going to get our money. That's uh, a shame. But, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, the digital has really opened things up. And, you know, people in their bedrooms can make music. Right. And, and that, that's a cool thing. You may not like it, like you were saying, but it's a cool thing that they're able to make music and, and to express themselves mm. um, just with a, with a MacBook and a garage band and mm. things like that. And, hey, who knows, man? Some of those are hits, right? Yeah, yeah look, look at Billie Eilish, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. You know, right out of the bedroom. But the melodies are there. The, and, you know, that, that's, that's cool. The lyrics are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the general masses are not going to, it's not going to reach them, you know, that's the problem. Yeah. You know, in some ways, like you said, you, you can make your own music in your bedroom and release it, oh, and sure. it's all fine and wonderful, yeah. but there's so much out there that how do you stand out with those oh, for sure. millions and millions of other people doing the exact same thing? Well, we have dance moves that make us... Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah, I want to see that before yeah. we get out hey, of here. Hey, look out. <laughs> we got to set ourselves apart. You know, um, if, if Keto wasn't behind the glass, you know, I tell you what, he's got he can bust some, he can bust a move. Uh -huh. right. <laughs> we'll have to see that before we get out of here. Uh huh. All right, you have another original, I yeah, see. Yeah, that's right. Yep, this one's called Equator. It's in a six-four time signature. A little oh, bit different. Piece of cake. Some of my originals are in different time signatures in this one. Okay. All right. Six. So here it is. It's another one with the two recorders.
Once again, the Expedition Quartet. Yeah, thank you. So the next one, I see that little list from here. My eyesight is... You're not supposed to see that. <laughs> <laughs> These are all supposed to be great surprises. <laughs> well, you know, I like to keep up on what's going on. Yeah. So, Take Me to the River. Um, who originally did that song? Mr. Al Green. Was it Al Green? Mr. Al Green wrote it, yeah. yeah before Talking Heads. I was going to say, that was my introduction to the song yeah. when I was a young man uh, with the Talking Heads. And you know, I have to admit, Scott, it was mine as well on Saturday Night Live. Ah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I was like, who are these guys? I'm going to like this band. <laughs> I was very lucky. I got to see him at Pine Knob in 82. That was yeah. an awesome oh, show. Very cool. But a really cool bass line on that right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... Uh, a very good version of it. Then I heard Foghat's version after that. Foghat's Fog, version? Yeah, one of the Get out of here. one of the earliest. <laughs> I albums, need to hear that. One of the earliest albums Foghat did it as well. But so I actually oh heard gosh. I heard Al Green's version last out of sure. everybody. But yeah. but that's so cool. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna do a hybrid. We're gonna do a little bit of everything. Kind of make it our own and uh, and have some fun with it. All right, sounds so good. It's a little, little bit of everything. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get funky, guys. Huh? What do you say?
I think you guys have one more. We can do another one, can't we, Alan? All right. So, Don, Ralph, Chip, Keto, thank you so much for coming down and playing for us. It was wonderful. Thank okay. you, Scott. Kill, killer Thanks set. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it, Scott. Yeah. So I'm going to sign off, and I'll let you finish off the show. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Expedition Quartet. This one's entitled The Wind Slotted Number. Switch Skip guitars Sleeman. on this one. Yes, Jazzmaster wants He thought we we're done. No. Yeah. The <laughs> hey, don't you dare leave. Come back here. Come yeah. back here. No, he, he wants this guitar for this song. Yeah. Ah, okay. This is the old 59er. Oh, yeah, nice. I, I had this, I got this just before I met Ralph. So this late 80s, I think. That was a while ago. Thank you, Brian, from Pyramid Guitar in Redford for this guitar. <laughs> I remember that place. Yeah, of course. A jazz master. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, oh, good catch. Yeah, hey. The jazz master. Where are you now? Okay. Okay. All right. Wind slotted number. Thank you. 